Hi, my name is Peter Maestri, and you're listening to Divorce the First Six Months. If you are someone who is about to go through a divorce, or maybe you're healing from one, then you're in the right place. This conversation and the stories you're going to listen to focus on people who have gone through a divorce, and more importantly, how they navigated through it. Having said that, let's get right into it. There's, there's one distinction that did provide a tremendous amount of value for me, which is being committed and not attached. Mm being committed to something or someone or a cause or an idea, but not attached to, you know, how it's going to look. I, I got this as a distinction and, and it was in, in business. I, I was applying it in business, but then through those transformational work I was doing. Yeah. But then one day it clicked for me about my relationship, how attached I was. I mean, I was attached to the degree my personality was formed by the relationship what I did and didn't do and how I thought and how I didn't think was inside of the relationship. There was no individuality there. So I really got to separate how much I've been uncollapsed that world that from being so attached to how it had to look, I had to just get authentic about, well, that's not, that's not what I want. Wait a minute. It's just how it wound up. And I can look at my past and I can see the patterns like, wow, I can see why I wound up this way too based on my experiences but there was like a a stopping point it was like a we had to call a a timeout you know i got to really see the opportunity to uncollapse that world so there's commitment and then there's attachment okay let's uncollapse it if i'm committed to something which i was very clear about that i love this woman i was very clear about that i wanted to you know spend the rest of my life with her and that i wanted to make a difference for her and with her life I just got committed to it. I just stayed committed to it versus attached to how it had to look. You know, she and I talk every year still, Mm -hmm. every year, two, three times a year. How are you doing? How's your life? How's your husband? You know, I found out something very personal she shared with a couple of very personal things she shared with me about her marriage. I, I got to give her some coaching around. Peter, that was not going to happen, man. That was not a future ever. (laughs) That was not in the stars. That was not in the stars, man. So I just got, I just stayed true to my commitment. I love her. I want her to be happy. Well, if it's not with me, then I can still be that for her, be that support. Now, the first, you know, couple months, you know, you asked me what sourced it, right? So that distinction but if I take it a step back, what was also there was uh, was that day I looked in the mirror and I had the conversation with myself. I think that's the, that's the first step in waking up, in being present to your life, to what's working, to what's not working, is you and I got to have the wherewithal to stand up to look in the mirror and have a conversation with ourselves, And I think we don't do that. I think people just don't do that. It's not a realm that people exist in on a regular basis. I'm not talking about the chatter in the head and just listening to the chatter. That's not it. I'm talking about looking in the mirror at the man that's looking back at you and having a committed conversation about, hey, buddy, I love you. And what you're doing isn't working. Mm. This is bankrupt. We got to call a timeout and do something here. Otherwise, I'm 30. 
you can bet your bottom dollar at 60, I'm going to be having the same conversation, except there'll be two additional divorces. So let's take responsibility and let's go out and get support, get whatever the heck I need to be able to have power in this. So it was the, the willingness to be with myself, to take a stand for my life, to get authentic about, you know, the bullshit that I brought in, my own bullshit. This is not about her. It was an opportunity for me to get responsible for the, the, the dick I was being in the relationship. I was a dick. But when I was loving, man, I was loving. And I think that's what she ended up getting a lot of, hot or cold. It was not a lot of lukewarm, you know, it was just hot or you're freaking cold. Yeah. And that's, you know, that's going to be frustrating and puts a toll on the, on the relationship quite a bit. So I think those are the, that level of authenticity with yourself is the first step in, in having a relationship with yourself that you can then be like, okay, Peter, I want a relationship with you. I can then, I can bring that forward. I can be authentic with you now. I can be straight with you now. I can hold you accountable, but you know what? Because I'm holding myself accountable. But if I don't have that with myself, I won't be able to even see it with you. I say that divorce is an opportunity. Mm -hmm. And I say that because it was, as you just described, it was inside of looking inside of the mirror and asking myself, who is the me that I want to be? What's the best version of myself? Because this isn't it. And acknowledging that. And then, you know, getting to work. Because you really got to get to work. And it's like, all right, why well, don't you got to start building? That was, for me, an opportunity. It was an opportunity to get to know myself again. And I hear the same thing in your story. What I'm curious about is, there you are, looking in the mirror, and you're saying what you're saying. What was the time frame? Like, what was your first six months like? How long did it take you to get to that moment where you're looking in the mirror and really seeing like, this is my potential and this is where I'm at. Um, so that, so within about four days, I was out of the house. Like this is how, how much the anger was, had used me. Mm -hmm. I was out. And I remember I got this apartment and it was a janky, it was, it was, an, it was a house and the back of it, they have a garage that they converted into a, into an apartment. It's me, my dog, my TV, and some clothes. I remember this little makeshift bathroom they created. It was total makeshift, man. I remember going in the bathroom and I showered or whatever, and I was looking at myself, and that's when I had the conversation. And it was maybe like 10 days out. But the first 10 days, the first four days, it was just anger. But once the realization hit, the next six, seven days was... Um, Probably the most tears. I didn't even know I had this many tears in me, man. It was just, I just cried. You know, I would go to work. I would park in the parking lot and I, and I couldn't go up because I was hysterically crying. And a lot of times I didn't know why I was crying. It was just this grief, this mourning, this complete break in reality. I think that's one of the things, one of the spaces, you know, we want to create on this conversation for people is that, when, when you are in a relationship, in a marriage, and you're now getting a divorce, there's a break in reality that happens. How you know reality is not the way it is anymore. You know, the relationships with her parents, her brother, her, you know, um, 
uh, nephews, nieces. I had relationships with these people. I know these people in and out. All of a sudden, I'm in a day now where I'm, I don't feel comfortable calling them. So there's such a break in the reality that it, it was just like I didn't know I was walking into. But it was such a break that I just kept crying, just kept mourning over it, kept grieving over it. And this went on for months. But the first, I think I want to say the first probably the week was, it was like I would get to work and I couldn't go up yet. I was in the parking lot crying. Uh, I, then I would do a little meditation, hoping to calm myself. And then I would go up. Then I'd be at my desk and the te- a wave of tears will come. It was like, it was like someone died. You know how it's like someone dying? Yeah. You just get these waves. It was like that for me. A lot of tears. When you were inside of those moments, like where you, did you allow it or did you, um, yeah. How important is it to allow it? It is critical because in allowing it, it's like, it's like an ice cube thawing mm-hmm. in allowing it. You get to experience it. And the more you experience it, the more you get the reality of the situation. And the more we face the reality of it, the more, we wake up to the reality and we can have some wherewithal, some sense of it. But if we are like, oh, no, I'm not going to feel those feelings because whatever reason, I would rather just work. And a lot of people just go into working mode or they'll go drinking and they'll find outlets. Those are coping mechanisms in my view, in my humble view. I didn't want to go cope. I cope enough in my life. 30 years I've been coping for my lack of power with money and relationships I wanted to wake up now and, you know, not put myself in things that was just going to keep me busy. I wanted to feel this. I wanted to feel the reality of what happened, the heartbreak of it and wake up. Yeah. And that was my access it was to feel it. And that was my access to actually waking up to you know, my own life. And what was not- This conversation started because someone challenged me to be vulnerable. So I'm challenging you. Share yourself and your story. Be courageous. Be vulnerable. It makes a difference.